0: Hello everyone and welcome to the ninth episode of the sound of my own voice podcast. I am your host as always Ian Barrage and if you're wondering hey Ian it's not Tuesday morning. Well you know that's the same thing I told myself Tuesday morning. Hence why we're getting a podcast a little bit late. Decided I didn't want to wait a whole other week take another week off for the podcast. I figured I'd Stealth, drop it a couple days late. Um, Just because I did want to get a podcast out this week, I actually had planned on it and had a bunch of notes. I just fucking forgot to record it. Uh, Today is also my uh, four-year wedding anniversary, August 13th. So if you'd like to give me a wedding anniversary present, you can follow all of our socials, uh, Twitter, at T-S-O-M-O-V Podcast, and on Facebook and Instagram, slash the Sound of My Own Voice Podcast, As well as, or, just if you want to, subscribe to the podcast and your podcast service of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on TuneIn. Drop a comment, leave a review, say literally anything you want, because as I always like to remind people, the algorithm is never in our favor, and we must constantly be a slave to it, and in order to get any notice, uh, the engagement helps. So I'd greatly appreciate it if you like what you hear. If you don't, fuck it. Leave a comment on that, too. Let me know how much you hate the filthy, disgusting sound of my voice. Uh, I'll keep recording this, but, you know, it'll at least give me some traction. And, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit of a catharsis for you. You get to type out some mean things to an invisible person on the Internet. I know how much everyone loves to do that. And an enemy is the bane of human interaction after all. Uh, So this uh, week's podcast uh, is going to be a little bit of a story time um, podcast. I really liked how last week's podcast went in terms of just kind of doing a little bit of reminiscing and kind of bouncing ideas back and forth um, off of other people. Don't have any guests this week, uh, but I do have uh, kind of a a long form story to tell you guys uh, about a particular time period in my life. Um, and I have heard that uh, I am a okay to decent storyteller. So hopefully this won't be entirely boring um, as it's not actually any commentary on anything. It's just going to be uh, stories about a very infamous, if uh, you knew me during this time period, maroon Chevy Cavalier. Uh, that is in fact the first car that I ever owned was a Maroon slash Burgundy 89 Cavalier. Uh, Now, how I came into uh, this car is actually a pretty, I think, a pretty cool story and something that's kind of like a little bit old world, a little bit like this is something you kind of expect like the grandmother in an 80s movie to do, which makes sense because this was originally happening in the 80s. Uh, But my great grandmother, my granny, um, she had three grandchildren. With um, uh, so my mom, her sister, and her brother, uh, and when they turned sixteen, uh, my granny, uh, their grandmother, gave them all five thousand dollars to get new cars. Uh, my mother bought a yellow Mustang, which, or maybe it wasn't yellow, I can't remember what color it was. Um, but it was a Mustang that ended up being like totally busted. Uh, they lemon lawed it, got it, got it, uh, completely uh, replaced at one point. Um, and I remember uh, growing up, uh, my mom and my uncle and my aunt told me about Granny giving five thousand dollars to the three grandkids uh, to buy a car, and I was like, "Well, that sounds dope. Is she gonna do that for the great grandkids?" Um, and there were more great grandkids, obviously, than three. I think there's seven total, um, and they were like, "Well, uh, Granny was still working at that point, so like it made more sense." Like. We don't know what she's going to do, but what she ended up doing was uh, giving all of the great grandkids $1,000. I'm the oldest great grandkid, so I kind of set the trend on my 16th birthday. I got, actually, it wasn't for my 16th birthday. It was for graduating high school, and maybe theirs was for graduating high school, too. Now that I think about it, maybe it was all graduating high school, but I think theirs may have been 16th birthday, and mine was graduating high school. But I got, I got 1000 uh for graduating high school um, and completing everything. Um, All of the other great-grandkids, to my knowledge, hopefully none of them are listening to this. Uh, If they didn't get this, get fucked. Um, But if uh, all the other great-grandkids, to my knowledge, either got $1,000 or $1,000 was put away uh, when Granny passed away two years ago for the couple that hadn't graduated high school yet. Um so when I graduated high school, I wanted to get the fuck out of my parents' house. I wanted nothing more than to not live with my parents as soon as possible. Um, so I knew that in order to do that, I needed to live not in that house, which means I had to get somewhere else, and to get somewhere else, I needed a car. So I was like, I'm going to take this $1,000. I'm going to buy a car. At the time... Uh, my parents and actually my grandparents, too, all kind of used the same mechanic guy. Um, his name was Tony and he had a car. He was like a mechanic, but then like also had like cars randomly for sale that like people would, I guess, basically sell him if they couldn't repair them, And he would like repair them and then resell them. But he had an 89 Cavalier that he said ran well. Nothing really majorly wrong with it. Was kind of a junker because it was already at that point. This was this would have been summer of two thousand and nine. Uh, so I bought this car in July of two thousand and nine. Uh, so it would already have been fucking twenty years old at that point. Um, but it only had like one hundred eighty-five thousand miles on it. We assume uh, the mile uh, uh, odometer actually only had uh, five digits. So it said 85,000 miles. We assumed it was only 185. It could have been 385 for all we know, Uh, but it did have the original engine in it, so we kind of assumed it was only 85,000. Some other kind of uh, interesting tidbits about uh, how we purchased this. Uh, So it was an 89 Cavalier. This thing was like solid metal. It was like driving a fucking tank down the road. I mean, it was literally just like just, I I mean you could you know today's cars I could I could probably go punch a car and put a dent in it and it hurt my hand if I punched this car it would have broken my every bone in my hand and probably snapped my fucking uh 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 not tibia that's your leg my fucking no that is your arm maybe I don't know it would have fucking snapped my arm out of my socket like it was a fucking tank um it also, the uh, speedometer only went to 85 miles an hour. So not that I drove more than 85 miles an hour ever because that's above the legal speed limit. Um, but if I had happened to have been going more than 85 miles an hour, I would have never known. To this day, I still don't know if that fucking speedometer was ever actually accurate. I tried sometimes to use like those cop like speed limit things on the side of the road to like test and see. But sometimes I do it and it'd be like, it says, I I think I'm going 45. This says I'm going 40. And then it'd be like, I think I'm doing 25. This says I'm doing 80. So I never really knew what speed I was going. Um, Another great feature, which I didn't think about at the time. I was just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. It's a $1,000. Actually, it was $1,200. It was a $1,200 car. I had to take out $200 more out of my bank account to buy it. Uh, Another thing I didn't think about at the time was like, I was like, you know, they were like, it doesn't have a CD player. I was like, that's fine. It's like, I'll just, you know, fucking... At one point, I was literally... I would literally have the, a laptop in the passenger seat open playing music. Um, That would be later down the line. But it also didn't have a cassette player. So I couldn't even, like, plug a like a cassette that had an aux cable in and, like, do anything with it. Um, Though at this time, my cell phone was also a flip phone because I did not get a cell phone until three months before I graduated high school. And even then I only got a flip phone, um, which is pretty incredible. So it's not like I actually had a way to listen to music at this point, other than the radio or the laptop I bought for college. Um, but it was a decent car. Um, the other thing it didn't have was a gas cap, but that was easily remedied. I could just go buy another gas cap. Um, the, but it drove well. Everything was fine um about the car itself and uh so you know some cosmetic things there are no hubcaps on the car uh the paint was peeling everywhere but like again it's the first car it's supposed to be a piece of shit right like this is what the movies have taught me is that you know you get a car it's a piece of shit then you sell it you get a better car like that's how my life's supposed to go i'm just fucking you know barely working struggling you know off away from home This is going to be fucking great. And it took, I think, about three weeks before I realized that something was terribly wrong with the car. And the first thing we realized that was wrong with the car um, was that all of a sudden, it was really hard to steer. And so we got into it, looked at it, turns out the power steering had a leak. And so for about... Two weeks, I went through a quart of power steering fluid, like, every day or two. And I eventually was just like, fuck it. I don't have any money to replace the tubing or anything. I don't have enough money to keep buying power steering fluid. I'm just going to have to learn how to drive without power steering. Uh, This was particularly hilarious because this was about the time it dawned on me. This car doesn't have fucking airbags in it. Uh, because there was not an airbag in the in the fucking uh, steering wheel, and there absolutely wasn't a passenger side airbag too. So these sort of things were kind of all coming together, and it's like it's cool. You know what? You don't need power steering. People drove without power steering for years on cars. I'm in Atlanta. Uh, you know, I'll I'll either be on the interstate or I'll be going so slow that it won't matter if I have power steering. Like, it's it's gonna be fine. And everything's going to be okay. And honestly, the power steering never got fixed. I own this car from, two thousand, like I said, July of 2009 until January of 2014. And I never fucking fixed the power steering. And honestly, as you're about to hear, uh, it was probably the least of my worries uh, with this particular car. Um, I'm going to try and keep these in chronological order. I have a list of, like, all the kind of stories Uh, that have happened regarding the car or like things that happened because of the car. Um, And they're like roughly chronological. Some of this is a little bit fuzzy. It was almost a decade ago for some of these stories. Uh, But I think for the most part, these are in chronological order. Um, So uh, something else that was pretty unique about this car, or at least I hadn't seen a car like this. Maybe it was more popular in the 80s. Um, the way you turned on the headlights was, uh, down near like the left side of the car where you would like normally now where you would probably like pull a, pull a lever to like open, uh, a gas, uh, can or like pop the hood, uh, was a little knob. And if you pulled the knob out, it would turn on the headlights. But if you twist the knob right and left, it would actually like dim or brighten the headlights. And so I didn't know what this knob did in terms of twisting it back and forth. I knew that pulling it out turned on the headlights, but I didn't know what twisting it back and forth did. So at some point, I had twisted it to where the lights wouldn't come on. And I was living in downtown Atlanta at the time, so bunches of streetlights for the most part, and like, I would forget to turn my headlights on. And in the first month I had the car, I got pulled over twice for not having my headlights on at night. Uh, the first time uh, was pretty just innocuous, just literally. Like, I pulled out of a gas station three blocks, not even three blocks, a block from my house. Started driving down a still-lit road. Cop pulled me over and was like, hey, man, just saw you pull out of the gas station. Why haven't you uh, turned on your lights? I was like, oh, um... Cause like the street is lit. So I didn't even realize I didn't have them on and like, uh, this is, sorry, it's a brand new car. And I was like, I was like trying to explain to him that I'm basically a dipshit. I was like, it's got like this weird thing. Like I've never seen it before. It's, I just bought this car. Like it's, it's like, I'm sorry. I it's uh, here are the lights right here. I can turn them on see, it's like turned them on and then they didn't come on. And I was like. Uh, and so I started twisting it and that's actually what I realized that they dimmed themselves. And so this guy probably thought I was just a grade A dipshit and was like, all right, I'll let you go. You're, you're a fucking idiot. The second time, uh, that I got pulled over for having no lights, I was, uh, driving from my apartment, which was across the street from Georgia tech to my buddy's apartment uh, to, or my buddy's dorm room to get some Guitar Hero controllers. Again, this was 2009. So Guitar Hero was still hyper popular. Uh, and we still played all the fucking time. And, uh, I only had, I think at that point, like one guitar and a drum set. So we're getting another guitar to play. And, um, two of my buddies were also in the car with me. Um, and, uh, one whom's door dormant was, the other one was just kind of, he was just like, Hey man, like, yeah, like I'll fucking come with you. Um, they may or may not have been fully annihilated. Um, again, allegedly annihilated. And, uh, so I start driving into Georgia tech and Georgia tech's campus has lights everywhere. Just literally everywhere. It's impossible to not see down in Georgia tech at night. Um, you know, for good reason, it's downtown Atlanta. It's a college campus. that needs to be well lit. And so I'm pulling into the dorm and cop pulls me over and I'm like, we're all about to go to jail. And I'm about to be so pissed because I am stone sober and I'm going to kill you guys. Cause we're going to jail because you fucking idiots are in the car with me. So I looked at my buddy and I said, If you say a fucking word when this cop comes to my window, I will end your life and go to jail for killing you instead of just going to jail for having you in the car. And to this day, he still says that was the most afraid of me he's ever been because I was apparently just so fucking deadpan serious that he was legitimately afraid I might actually attack him in front of this police officer. Police officer rolls out the window, asks me why I don't have my lights on. I again act like a total fucking dipshit, thinking, I don't know, with the headlights, stupid. And he's like, Well, what are you driving around uh, camps for? It's, you know, it's about like twelve thirty, one 31 o'clock. I was like, Actually, officer is like, uh, my buddies were over at my house. Uh, I live right across the street. Uh, and we were actually just coming back to the dorm, just trying to pick up some Guitar Hero controllers. We wanted to go back uh, and play. And uh, I only have one guitar. He's got, you know, a couple more upstairs. So we're just going to grab some, head back to my place and just, you know, keep hanging out, keep playing some Guitar Hero, you know, Friday night. Just happy to, you know, just be hanging out and playing some Guitar Hero. And I think the thought that went through this guy's, this cop's mind was that story is so fucking lame and so fucking sad that there are three fucking, dude's playing guitar hero together on a friday night in college that even if something is happening you couldn't have possibly made that up and i'm so sad for the state of your life right now i'm going to let you go so he said you know i pulled the turned the lights on he let us go everything was fine no no issues and we did play guitar hero it was fucking great um again these uh these are sort of mild uh, funnily enough it only escalates it's like this story perfectly wrote itself in terms of uh, what happens with with the car itself and the stories uh, they were only get uh, uh, probably more ridiculous from here and by probably I mean definitely um, so I've had the car for about maybe six months ish and um, in this time, we've also figured out that the car is not watertight. Uh, we figured this out when someone got in the back seat of the car, sat down, and their ass was instantly soggy. Um, apparently, both of the back windshields were not, or both of the back windows were not watertight. Uh, and uh, basically, this would escalate kind of further as the as time went on. Um, at the very end of uh, this car's saga. Uh, It was so not watertight uh, that in the winter there would basically be bricks of ice on the bottom of the floorboard because so much water would come in if it rained in the winter. And if it sat overnight, all the water would freeze inside of the car and it would just be ice on the floorboard, especially in the back seats. Um, So there was like a full two, two and a half years where no one sat in the back seats. It was a fully a two person car. Um, But we kind of learned that about six months in. Uh, we also, uh, drove to a, uh, show, um, in Douglasville at the seven venue, which unfortunately no longer exists. Um, and in driving to that show with all of my buddies in the car and driving back, I remember my buddy Jay got out of the car and said, Ian, I love you to death. I will never get in that car with you again. That is actually the definition of a screaming metal death trap. And I'm slightly afraid that we could die at any moment in that car. So we're never taking your car anywhere ever again. And that was probably one of the last times we ever did uh, drive my car anywhere. Honestly, I drove that car by myself most of the time because people were legitimately afraid to get in the car with me. Um, if we were going anywhere, if we were like driving down the street, it really didn't matter. But like if we had to get on the interstate, people, people were actively afraid. Of getting in that car with me. Um, also around that time, uh, a buddy of mine left a, uh, um, a spice bag of oregano on the top of my car, uh, and I drove onto campus of Georgia Tech with this definitely not illicit substance on the hood of my car. And drove around campus before I parked my car, realized what was on top of my car, drove back to my apartment and proceeded to uh, basically scream until I was blue in the face about how if I had gotten arrested and gone to jail, uh, I would have sold his ass out and would never have felt even an ounce of guilt for doing so. Uh, and to never fucking even think about being near my car again. Um, again, this was also around the time they had decided that my car was a death trap, so it wasn't really an issue. Uh, nothing really happened in um, the next probably six months. I honestly don't remember if this next story happened in 2010 or 2000. No, it would have had to have happened in 2011 because but that doesn't make any sense either because I don't know it must have happened in early I thought this happened in the summer but it must have happened early 2011 So I like I said bought this car from a guy that uh, uh, you know we knew and when we bought the car it had a tag for... That was, like, for 2010. Basically, whoever had owned the car passed when I bought it had, like, already gotten their tag renewed for 2009, and so it was good until 2010. What I didn't know as a 17-year-old who had just purchased a car and just being a dipshit was that, like... So, because I now owned the car, it was based on my birthday. So it lasts, it had like lasted until 2010, but it only lasted until like, I thought it lasted or rather no, what had happened was I thought it lasted until my birthday on two in 2010. So I, I knew that the car tag was a little bit expired when this happened, but it had expired when the old owner's birthday had happened. And so at one point, Uh, I'm with my friends, Sam and Andrew. We had just gotten out of a waffle house. We had went into QT and I was driving them back to, uh, their cars at the GameStop We all worked at and, uh, a cop pulled me over and I was like, Hey guys, it's probably the, you know, I fucking forgot to turn on the headlights. Not really because it, again, at this point had been probably a year, year and a half since I had the car, but I really didn't know why we pulled me over. I mean, it was like the QT that we went from was a quarter of a mile from uh, from where we were. And so, uh I, you know, am waiting and uh the cop stays in his car and from inside of his car gets on his, you know, his megaphone, his bullhorn, and is like, uh, please step out of the car and I was like, Did y'all motherfuckers do something that I need to know about before I step out of this car and get killed? And they're like, what the fuck's going on? And so I uh, get out of the car. And uh, I, uh, he's like, put your hands on the hood. And I think at this point he had maybe actually gotten out of the car. Um, and so he, I put my hands on the hood, spread. He came up to me, patted me down. And uh, I was kind of like, uh, at this point I was like scared actively. Cause I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like I've never been pulled over like this this is super fucking weird. And so I go like, you know, Hey officer, like I just try to figure out what's going on. And he's like, okay, do you know that you're driving around on a tag that is a year and a half expired? And I was like, excuse me. And he goes, yeah, this tag hasn't been renewed in a year and a half. And I'm like, um, but my birthday is in December. So like, it should still be active. Or I said, like, I said, my birthday's in December. I was like, so it should either still be active through this year. I can't remember if it was, I thought it was active through this year or if I knew it was like a little bit expired, but was like trying to be like a year and a half. And he's like, no, he's like, that's the old owner's tag. He's like, you haven't like, cause I told him, I was like, I bought the car in 2009. So it should be good until here. And he's like, no, that's the old owner's tag. Like you had to re up in 2010 and in 2011, like, you, you aren't valid. Like you need to go do this immediately. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. So sorry. And he was like, I think he could tell that I was actually like not faking that. I had no fucking clue what was going on. Um, you'd be surprised how often I don't know what the fuck was going on and just kind of tripped into accidents like this. Um, but I, uh, he, he let us go and he's like, get this done immediately. Has to be done. And so I was uh, fully planning on doing that. I worked the next 30 days in a row at GameStop. And my shifts at GameStop were always like fucking 11 to 3 or like 10 to 5 or, you know, 11 to whatever. And uh, I tried to go get my tag renewed and they said, you have to have an emissions test. And so the emissions place that was near my house, because we lived in Georgia, you're required to get an emissions test in certain counties. The emissions places near my house were like only open during a uh, a, a certain time frame and it was like literally any time I had to like go try and do it, they were closed. And so after thirty days of working straight, I drive I'm driving home and this will be important in a in a little bit in a couple of stories because I lived close enough to to work to where i could bike to work um it was less than a two minute drive from my house to this GameStop. so there is not a lot of road for me to be seen on this and basically for the last 30 days it was like i was fucking quarantined i could just go to work right i literally drove to work drove home didn't do anything else and so uh i'm driving cop pulls out behind me i'm driving down the road and i'm like Oh shit! He he hasn't turned. It's like he's definitely pulling me over. So it's literally three turns to get to my house. I pull out of the parking lot. I turn on the street to my to my to my uh, house. I pull into my driveway. He followed me onto the street that I lived on. He turns on his lights, and I made the most fatal mistake I've ever made. I pulled over instead of parking in my driveway so he pulls me over, he's like giving me a ticket, and I'm like, all right, I was like, I live right there, like, is it cool, like, I'll put my car in neutral, I'll push my car, he's like, oh no, your car's getting impounded, and I was like, excuse me, fucking what, and he's like, yeah, like, you're done, this car's gone, like, you cannot drive this car on the road, it's, you know, a year, more than a year and a half old at this point, point." and I'm like, "Are you are you kidding, like, that's my house. You can see my fucking house from here. And he's like, Nope, donezo. And I was like, and so I later found out that if I had parked in my driveway, because it's private property, he could have given me a ticket, but he couldn't have impounded my car. If anyone knows differently and wants to make me feel better, please let me know. But for the last uh, nine years, I've believed that if I drove 200 more feet and pulled into my driveway, this next story wouldn't have happened which while it is a fantastic story to tell now is probably one of the stupidest things I've ever done. Um, and definitely one of the reasons, uh, I decided that I needed to fuck a cool off and not be so angry anymore. So my car gets impounded, uh, and I call the impound lot, and basically it's like something astronomical. It's like, for the first three days and then $75 for every day after that, that it's impounded. And in order to get it out, I have to get it towed because I can't drive it. Right. Or they were also saying like, just go get your, like, just go get your tag renewed and you can come get it. But I was like, I have to have an emissions test and I can't get the emissions test without driving the car. Like, and in fact, I'm going to have to drive the car to the emissions place to get it done. Like this car will have to be driven on the road at some point with this still-expired tag, um, and so I, uh, I, I, my buddy Jimmy has a uh, his stepdad has a truck, has a trailer hitch, uh, and everything, and so I'm like, all right, cool, we're just gonna tow the car. It's gonna be cool, and because my car didn't have like any anywhere to like really hook it. And his trailer hitch wasn't, like, a, like one where it actually, like, cranks into the car and, like, pulls it up. It's just, like, you literally, like, you know, put a trailer on the back of it. So we were going to, you know, we got, like, um, uh, some rope, and we got, like, a, a metal hook and everything, and we are just going to hook it onto the back. Then I was going to sit in the driver's seat, put it in neutral, and just kind of steer, you know, when we went around corners and everything, just so, you know, it would get, you know, towed back to my house. Um, the... Impound lot was like maybe 10 minutes from my house. Not a lot of turns. It was going to be a pretty easy drive. Um, So we get there and, you know, got my money ready, you know, telling the guy what's going to happen. He's like, well, how are you getting it out of here? And I was like, oh, this truck's going to, you know, tow it, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, that doesn't have like a, a towing like mechanism on it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to, you know, hook it up into the thing and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, steer the car. And he's like, well, you can't do that. It's got an expired tag, and I was like, Exc- "Excuse me," and he's like, "You can't drive that car." And I was like, "Well, I'm not, I'm not driving it. It's, it's, it's being towed. I'm just, you know, steering it so that when it, when it turns, you know, it turns with the car inside of it." And he's like, "No, that's driving it. You're in the driver's seat. You're driving the car." And I was like, "Well, no, because." Like I could put it into neutral and pull the keys out of the fucking car and it literally not be cranked and just steer. And he's like, you're driving it. I was like, so you're fucking telling me if I go onto the interstate and I fucking put my car in park and sit on the middle of 75, the big interstate in Atlanta, that I am driving the car when it is not moving, that if a cop pulled up to me and said, sir, what are you doing? I'd say, driving this car. I'm driving on the interstate At zero miles an hour in park. That's driving a car. He's like, I'm not letting you fucking take it. At this juncture, I made a very poor decision. Instead of logic or reason or any of the other tools in my uh, arsenal of trying to get this car back, I chose anger. White, hot, furious anger. I don't actually remember what i said for most of this because it was very much like i was just screaming at some point uh but i do remember the beginning because i remember him walking in and i remember saying something to the effect of you're a fucking bastard you run some fucking podunk uh um like uh uh, impound lot. Cause you can't do anything else with your life. You're just a bunch of fucking thieves trying to steal money from me because you fucking think driving a car is sitting in the driving spot because like just insulting, like his intellect, his occupation, doing everything you shouldn't do. If you like want someone to actually do something for you, um, definitely called him a fucking thief more than once. At this point, my buddy and his stepdad are still like, Hey man, we could try to like hey, could you just like calm the fuck down for a second? And I was done. It was game over. I got in this dude's face. I was screaming at him. He's like telling me to back off uh at uh uh and so like he's like gone into the thing. I'm standing outside of the the area now just screaming into the wind. And at this point, the door opens in a very large bull starts running towards me. I'm talking like, if you have ever seen a movie with anything that is called a junkyard dog, that is what this motherfucker looked like. This motherfucker's, like, shoulder muscles are bigger than my entire leg. This dog is just fucking five chicken wings put together and just a fucking hunk. Like, it is sprinting at me. And I'm still screaming, and in a, in a moment of pure, unadulterated, genius, intellect, 3000 IQ plays, I decide, instead of quitting yelling, instead of running, which probably would have been a bad idea, then it would have thought to chase me, right? I think I subconsciously was like, I can't run, I've kind of like fully sent, I have to kind of stay here because this dog's probably about to, like, fuck me up. And instead of, you know, doing something like kicking it in the throat, if I really felt threatened, or, like, you know, trying to do anything to, like, harm this dog in a way that it was going to stop it from killing me, I decided to get on my hands and knees, yes, all fours, and as it ran at me, I from the very depths of my soul and as loud as I have maybe ever screamed in my entire life, just yelled fuck at this dog and just kept yelling fuck at this dog and kept saying fuck you and screaming at it. At this point, I guess they kind of thought like, this man might legitimately be like insane. Does he have a weapon? Is he going to kill us all? Like what the fuck is going on? And so... In retrospect, maybe the dog was like trained to not like attack people, and that's why I didn't, I don't know, bite my entire face off when I did this. And it was just used as like a scare tactic. But at this point, my buddy's stepdad is like, hey man, like you got to calm the fuck down. We like got to get out of here. Like this is like, this is like, this is getting, we're about to be on cops bad. And. At this point now, he's like trying to pull me away. I'm still screaming. There's a dog barking at me. This dude's son comes out, the guy that owns the junkyard. And this dude is like got an American flag tattooed on his arm, is wearing an American flag shirt, has a Marine cut, has like dog tags on, and is built like fucking Guile from Street Fighter. This dude is a walking poster. And this man comes out to me. Looks me dead in the soul and says, you're never fucking coming back here. If I ever see you again here, I will immediately call the police. You cannot come get your car. You're fucking dead. And I was like, hmm, I don't want to die today. Seems like a poor decision. And he like walked up to me and was like nose to nose with me. And I'm six, one and a half on a good day. And my license says six two. this dude was like six, five and was like staring down at me. And I was like, "Mm, yeah, okay. Like at this point, my brain had sort of like kind of taken back from the anger. And I kind of understood that everything I had just done was utterly foolish and that I was lucky to not be crumpled in a dumpster behind this place and forgotten about. Um, but suffice it to say, I, uh, didn't get my car back that day. Um, I still maintain that I wouldn't have been driving the car home. Uh, but I think my dad had to go get it from them. I think they actually charged me an extra 150 bucks for the car. Um, and at that point, I had paid almost half of what I had paid for the car to get it out of inbound. And I almost told him to fucking keep it and that I would just find a new car. Um, but we did get the car back. Uh, not very long after this. And honestly... I can't remember if this happened before or if the other thing happened before, but I'm pretty sure it happened after I got the car back because I remember getting the car back and then being so fucking pissed that this happened. Um, In, like, the span of six weeks, this car just, like, shit itself. And if it did happen after it came out of the junkyard, I'm almost wondering if they fucking did something to it. But... Uh, I blew out three different tires in one week driving to work. Um, I blew out one on the road to go to work. It like blew out. I, my back tire blew out. I skidded into like the dirt off the road and then managed to get back on the road. And then stupidly drove my car to fucking work. Not realizing that my tire was like fully fucked again. It was only like two minutes away, so it wasn't too bad. Another time I pulled into the parking lot at work and there was like two lanes that you could park down and you basically turned left into work and then immediately turned right and then immediately turned left to get into like this second lane of parking. And when I turned left, I literally drifted across the entire parking lot because my left tire blew out and I just slid across the parking lot. I uh, parked my car and left it there for about a week and a half. This is where it's important that you know that I could bike to work because I regularly biked to work um, during this time. And then one day on a hill on the way to work, my car just broke down at the top of the hill. It was a four-way stop. And I was on the side of the hill where I was literally like, if my car shit itself, I was going to roll into the car behind me. Uh, and it like cracked down. And I like, you know, slammed on the brake through the car, parked, tilted my head. And I said, hey, I'm broke down. Please go around me. Um, I don't want to hit your car. And so I finally got the car brake cranked back up, got it to the parking lot of work. Uh, and it sat there for probably four weeks while we figured out what to do with it. I think all in all this repair, uh, probably took another 900 bucks, uh, to finish. So it was like, every time this car broke down at this point, I was like basically buying another one of these cars, uh, or like half of one of these cars. Um, but in the time that I was biking to work, uh, something interesting happened to me that has never happened to me since. Um, so, again, not very far from work. Uh, so I'm, I'm biking, and there's a car uh, that was, like, at a stop sign, and I'm, like, still biking. And so I'm, like, going past the stop sign, biking along, and I see the car kind of uh, pull up um across from me now I did the thing you're kind of not supposed to do I biked against traffic um the road that was on that I was like biking on was like a little curvy and also I didn't want to bike in the road because it was like 45 miles an hour on the road so I wasn't really like super comfortable like being in the same lane as cars and because it was so curvy I didn't want to bike uh on in the same lane as cars also, a guy I knew and a pretty good friend of mine um, got killed by a drunk driver while he was on a bike, biking in the road. It's so, like I've always been kind of like a little bit hesitant to uh, drive or to um, to ride bikes in the road. So, like, I was on the other side of the road. And this car pulls up to me, and I hear a honk. And so I kind of look over, like thinking maybe it's one of my friends. And it's a between the ages of 35 to 55 uh, uh, black man. And um, so he's like like motioning for me. And I'm like, nah, not today. I'm not stopping. Like I'm already about to be late for work. Not happening. And so there is a neighborhood in front of me. And so this guy speeds ahead of me, pulls into the neighborhood and parks his car in the front of the neighborhood, basically to where I would either have to fucking X games over his car and just fucking, you know, tail slide his bumper, pull into the street and to go around him, or I was going to bike into him. And so I biked to where the car was. And I kind of sat, I kind of, you know, stopped and I was like, can I help you? What's up, man? And he's like, Hey man, it's like how's it going i was like i, I got to get to work like do you do you need something like what's going on bro like what's up and he's like he's like i really like your hair and at this point i mean i still have very long hair but at this point i had a very typical scene cut it was completely straight i straightened it every day swooped bangs like slightly messy in the back but not too messy because you kind of styled it a little messy And I was like, cool, man. Yeah, dude. Thanks. He's like, you're one of those rocker guys, aren't you? And I was like, I mean, I'm like, at this point, I'm like, what the fuck is this dude doing? And so I'm like, nah, like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I like music. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. Like, you like music? I was like, yeah, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like music. He's, and I was like, dude, I got like, got to get to where he's like, Oh no, no. You ever, you ever like, you live out here. And I was like, yeah. You know, it's like I go to college in Atlanta. He's like, Oh, Atlanta. Oh, okay. And uh, funnily enough at this time, I'm pretty sure I'd already dropped out of college. So at this point I was just trying to be like, I'm not telling this dude, I live down the street. I'm not saying nothing more to this guy. And uh, he's like, you ever, uh, you ever uh, go to any clubs in Atlanta? And for whatever reason, at this point, my brain heard clubs as like venues, so I was like, "Yeah, like I go to the Masquerade or whatever." And he's like, "And he's like, oh, I was like, I've never been there." I'm like, "That's the most popular fucking venue in Atlanta." And he's like, "Well, have you ever been to Blake's?" And I was like, "What? No, like what?" So at this point in the story, it's very important to note that. It was starting to dawn on me, but I didn't realize this till years later because I didn't know what Blake's was at the time. It was starting to dawn on me that this man was hitting on me and was trying to uh, uh, solicit me for sex uh, because he asked if I wanted to skip work with him after this line of questioning. But Blake's is a very popular gay bar in Atlanta. Um, And so, yeah, he was like, do you want to maybe skip work with me? We can head up to Atlanta. I was like, nah, dog. And I got on my bike and I have never pedaled so fast in my life. And when I'm talking about a bike, I didn't have like a 10 speed. I didn't have like a, a bike. This was like the bike that I took the training wheels off of to fucking ride. Not really. Cause it was like a bike that like actually sort of fit my frame, but it was like the bike you buy from Walmart after you're done riding your training wheels bike. Like, i hadn't ridden this in fucking 10 years before my car kept breaking down so i was moving and i was like i'm gonna die like this dude's gonna fucking swipe my tire and like take me someplace and at this point i was still rocking a flip phone and i'm pretty sure at this point in my flip phone journey the battery had expanded on my flip phone And it wasn't able to be used unless it was plugged in. So it was effectively a landline. There was a point when I was at Georgia Tech where both my phone and my laptop battery (coughs) wouldn't charge unless they were plugged in. Which means if I had to make a call, I had to find a place at Georgia Tech, which was pretty you know, large and had a lot of areas that this was able to work in. But basically, if I had to make a phone call, I had to go into a building, find an outlet, plug my laptop into the outlet, get it on, plug my phone via USB into my computer to get it to turn on, and then fucking make a call. I was literally carrying around a landline at this point. (coughs) (coughs) Oh, sorry. I didn't bring any water in here today, so... I've been talking for a long time and not drinking anything. But anyways, I get to fucking work. Nothing happens. Um, The only other thing of note in the bike riding chronicles of me going to GameStop is that my buddy Sam, on the last day of work, on the last day of him working at GameStop, I had ridden my bike to work. And he's like, I want to ride your bike around the store. And I was like, fuck it. It's your last day. At this point, I was also a manager. So I was like, fuck it. Do whatever you want. So... Sam riding my fucking blue fake Walmart mongoose around the uh, doing figure eights in the GameStop is one of one of my favorite GameStop memories for certain. Um, also at some point during this whole uh, scenario, my antenna got stolen off my car in Atlanta. Uh, my antenna was like an old style like screw antenna, so you could like unscrew it. Uh, it just went missing one day. Uh, so I didn't have. Not only at this point did I not have a cassette player, not have anything to listen to music with. I now didn't have a radio that worked. This is when I started bringing laptops or literally anything I could with me. I think at one point I brought my old CD player and literally wore headphones in the car to listen to music. Um, also around, um, I'd say now we're probably into... No, this would have all still been the, the summer of 2011. 2011 was a horrible fucking year for this car. Holy shit. Um, about the same time, I also a horrible year for me making decisions. I, uh, uh, a girl I liked, I was driving her uh, to her quote-unquote friends, a.k.a. the dude she was cheating on me. Uh, not really, because we were never in a relationship, so it wasn't really cheating, but the dude that she was... Uh, not having her chauffeur around uh, to other dudes, uh, his house um, in a part of town I had never been to at this point because it was like 30 minutes north of Atlanta. And um, at this point, I think I was picking her. I was picking her up from this place, and it was maybe one o'clock in the morning. And we stop at a gas station to get something. And I step out of my car, shut the door, and I go fuck. And I had locked my keys in my car. And I think I'd only ever done this once. And uh, my parents had a spare key, so they just came and got it. Um, But my uh, uh, parents obviously weren't awake, and they weren't driving the hour and a half to come to unlock my car. So I'm like, all right, someone's got a coat hanger. We'll figure this out. Um, An hour and a half of, like, unsuccessful coat hanger jimmying, uh, into my car I'm like fuck it I am going to break the small part of my back windshield out reach my hand in and unlock the back like open the back door and then we'll get the front door open because it had like old school handles so I could just like pop it open the door the door would come open and uh, I remember about the time I was like alright let's get a rock let's break something we'd already had a couple of people trying to help us a cop pulls in And I'm like, hey, man, like lock my keys in my car. I know that's like the fucking worst thing to say. And it's super late at night. And this is all 100% sketch. I was like, it's like I can if I get into the car, like you can look in the dashboard. I'll prove to you like that. It's my car. Like everything's on the up and up. And uh, luckily, the cop had a Slim Jim and uh, he, you know, opens the car for me. And, uh, you know, I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. He's like, what you should you done if I wouldn't have come? I was like, well, I was actually looking for something to break open this window. And he goes, and I'll never forget this because it was so funny, the the answer I had. Because he goes, I go, I was about to break this back window. And he's like, nah, man. He's like, break a windshield? That costs less to replace. He's like, that's a, that's a custom piece of glass for that little small window. That's the most expensive piece of glass in your car. And I said, I wasn't planning on replacing it i was just gonna put a trash bag over it like the thought that that was an expensive piece never even entered my skull because it was like i was just like well i guess there's a trash bag on my car now because it wouldn't have mattered what fucking window i was breaking unless it was the front window i wasn't replacing that window the car wasn't worth it at this point uh because also around this time um I started sitting in my chair, and I noticed it would kind of, like, lean back a little bit, and I was like, is, is like, the, the latch to, like, the seat recliner, like, messed up? And I was, like, pulling on the latch, like, trying to figure it out, and then one day I got in my car, and I sat down, and and, like, my momentum leaned me back so far, and then I was in the back seat. And it was at that point that i discovered that my driver's side uh seat was no longer bolted into the floor of the car and it was then that i discovered that there were two giant rusted holes in the bottom of my car and i basically could have driven my car flintstone style if the seat wasn't covering up the holes so the entire bottom of the interior of the car had rusted away so if i sat down i'd again fall into the back seat so my dad uh, was a sheet metal worker at one point, so I got some sheet metal, bolted it back into the car, um, you know, bolted it back into the frame. Like did some stuff underneath it to where it would like be pretty secure. That lasted I think six months before it came undone again, and then I never fixed it. And around this time also, the AC and heat completely busted. So Georgia summers, no AC. Basically I started bringing two shirts everywhere. I would just get out of the car and immediately change my shirt and put on deodorant again because I was just so soaked in sweat. Uh, also around this time, I figured out that the gear shift would move, even if you didn't like press in the button. So like I could just be in drive and just like, and I like did it once like while I wasn't moving, I put the car in drive and then just hit the gear shift forward and it just knocked into park. And I was like, oh my God. At this point, I started kind of thinking, like, I'm probably about to die in this car. Uh, also, at this point, I started uh, around this time, because this would have been, like, middle of 2012, sort of late into 2012. Um, I started dating uh, my now wife, who's, again, anniversary uh, wedding anniversary is today. And uh, I remember, like, vaguely being aware that it was a piece of shit car and, like, also vaguely being aware that she also understood it was a piece of shit. And so we kind of just used her car to go everywhere. We like occasionally drove places in that car. But I remember maybe like driving. I remember driving and parking in front of her house in that car. And I remember her mom coming out to look at it one time and like looking into it. And then like saw when I got out the seat, like flung back and forth and she was just like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with her riding in that car. Like, are you guys okay if she needs drive her car? And uh, that was probably one of the last times that I had anyone in that car. I don't think for very much time after that I ever had literally anyone in that car. Um, also around uh, this time is when I had to buy my second catalytic converter for the car. So the original catalytic converter uh, broke. I found that out when I did one of the emissions tests for the car. Basically failed. It didn't even read. Um, Actually, now that I think about it, that's why I couldn't ever get the fucking emissions done. Because the special machine to work on cars that were made before 1996 or whatever was always down at all these places. And when it was finally up, basically my car broke the machine. It's like, your your car is so fucked. Like you're just, you know, putting in all this horrible emissions into the air. You need a new catalytic converter. So I bought a new catalytic converter, got my uh, got my emissions done, passed. Then the next year went to get my emissions done. And my birthday's in December, so I went to get my emissions done, and they're like, you failed. And I'm like, why? They're like, your catalytic converter's broke. I'm like, I just bought one last year. And they're basically like, "Well, what's probably happening is is your car is so fucked that these aftermarket catalytic converters, you're basically burning through them." And so the guy goes, "Look," he said, "Uh, he said, um, emissions are good for one calendar year, right? He said, "So if you get emissions done in January, it's good until December 31st." And I was like, "Okay." And he's like, "And your birthday's in December." And I was like, Oh, so one year for my car tag in Georgia, I, on my birthday, December 20th, got my emissions. uh, I think I either got my emissions done that day or I may have just paid the late fee, said fuck it. It was right towards the end of December. um, I got my uh, uh, emissions done, got my thing, got my tag. And then literally a couple days later, it was like January 1st or 2nd went back to the place, got my emissions done again so that I could be good until December of that ne- of that 2013. Uh, and um, by the end of 2013, I was already planning on getting a new car, so I knew I didn't need emissions anymore. But literally saved myself from buying a, a third catalytic converter for that car. And I always thought I was like, damn, that's really smart. Why didn't I think about this before? I was like, I knew that they were good for one calendar year. Um, also sometime in 2012, I got into what I consider to be the only, um, wreck in the sense that it happened on a road that has ever been my fault. Uh, and I got to it in this car. Um, I got to it at the blistering speed of less than one mile per hour. Uh, we were on a road that was completely stopped. Um, and there was a guy with a stop sign in like a stop and slow sign, like directing traffic. And he moved to slow and I saw him move to slow and I let off my brake to like go forward. And the car in front of me just stopped. And so I hit my brake and I bumped into the person in front of me. And then the car wouldn't move. And the guy's like, come on. And the car's not moving. And so he walks down there and he goes like, could you move? And she's like, the guy hit me. And he's like, what? And he's like, the guy behind me hit me. And I knew this guy was like, lady, he could not have been going more than a mile per hour. Why? Why? And he's like, he's just like, I don't want to fucking deal with this. And this was like Karen's before Karen's existed. So he directs, he like walkies to somebody. They direct us both. And then like the two people like, she pulls into the neighborhood that they were doing the construction in front of. And then they like wave me on. And I'm like, do I really have to, I was like, all right, whatever. Like this will be easy. So we'll both get out. We'll see. If there's no damage. and There won't be an issue. And so we get out and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? She's like, you hit me. And I was like, that's cool. Let's look at your car. Look at your car. It's like, Hey, look, there's no scratches. There's bumps. There's no damage. Like literally nothing's wrong with your car. Can we go? She's like, I'm calling the police. It's like, excuse me? She's like, I'm calling the police. This was a wreck. I need to call the police. We need to get our insurance involved. I was like, ma'am. It's like, you know there's no damage to your car, right? Like, what what's the insurance gonna pay for? There's no damage to your car. She's like, I'm getting the police here. And if you go, if you leave, then I've already got your she had like walked by my car. She's like, I already got your fucking car tag. I already did this. Like, I'll have you arrested. And I was like, I was trying to go pick up a girl from work. And it was like, I was like, at this point, I knew I was going to be late. All this shit was happening. There was road construction on this. So she's calling the cops. Takes an hour and a half for the cops to get here. At this point, the girl has got someone else to pick her up and drive her to me. So now me and this chick I'm seeing are waiting on the side of the road for this cop to pull up cop pulls up It's like hey what's going on lady is like he hit me blah 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 i'm like okay i'm like hey officer you can here's the back of her car i've been standing by it this whole time to make sure that nothing else happened to it to make sure that nothing goes on and uh he looks down at it and he looks at me and he goes you hit this car I said, "Yes, officer. It's like I we were in this traffic and uh you know, the guy said, you know, to go. I let off my brake. She doesn't. She didn't move forward. I hit my brake again. I bumped into her." And he goes, "There's not any even any paint missing from either of your car. Like there's there's nothing wrong with this car." And I think he was so flabbergasted that there was nothing wrong with the car and that he was there and he also had to, like, sit in this traffic to, like, get here that he was, like, expecting me to be like, oh, you're right. No, no, no. I actually hit her here. Like, it's on the other, like, to just, like, that I was, like, fucking with him. And so he goes and tells the lady, he's like, I'm sorry, man. There's nothing wrong with your car. I can't do anything. And she's like, but he hit me. And he's like, but there's nothing. And she's like, I want a police report. And he's like, okay. So he fills out this police report he looks at me and says, come to the police station, hand them this card. He hands me a card with like a number on it or something. And he says, they'll fill out your part of this. And I was like, uh, okay. He's like, just in case this lady tries to call the insurance on you. And so basically I went back a couple of days later and the police report that I got was basically like this dude didn't do nothing. It wasn't his fault. There was no damage to the car. Fuck out of here. This was a waste of my time. And I was like, Cool, whatever. All right, um, but where are we, man? We have been—it's almost an hour of talking. Uh, we did catalytic converters. I'm reading through the word document that I have of everything. Ah, yes, the peace day resistance—one of my favorite stories about this car. Uh, two final things happened before I sold this car. Uh, one of which is still to this day one of the most mind-boggling things that's ever happened to me and really just set the stage for this point in my life. I had just gotten a job as a temporary retail worker uh, at, at, at a Microsoft store, and um, I was driving 50 miles to and from work every day. Um, actually, I guess at this point is probably closer to like 40 because I hadn't moved to the other store yet. Um, but I was driving into downtown Atlanta to a very busy mall. And, you know, and this was like, kind of like, not really the highest end mall in downtown Atlanta, but like kind of a high end mall. So I was parking next to regularly next to like, like nice BMWs, nice Jaguars, nice Corvettes. And I'm like 89 Cavalier. This is where I'm supposed to be. And so, uh, uh, I was driving to work one day, I was driving down 75, and I'm just hanging out, driving, and I hear the weirdest noise, and even to this day, I can't really describe it very well. It was like suction, and it was like a bomb went off in the car almost. It was like a, it was like, and like, the way it popped scared the fuck out of me. Like, I thought I hit something, I thought I blew a tire, I thought something had happened. And I look in my rear-view mirror in time to see... It was like slow motion, like the whole fucking universe slowed down. In time to see my entire back windshield... Still suspended in the air. No longer attached to my car. Fly off of my car. Land on the interstate behind me. And explode. And like... When I say explode... It was like I had just dropped a twisted metal attack on the interstate. I had just dropped thumbtacks out of my fucking car. This shit exploded across the fucking interstate. And I've never been more confused or torn about what to do in a situation in terms of like... What can I do? Because I'm already going like, this is like a 75 mile an hour interstate. So by the time I even had time to process it, I was already too far away to like, for anything to happen. But then I'm thinking like, that was glass. Like, can that pop people's tires? So I literally just put down like a, a fucking strip field on the like, am I about to see 18 car pile up behind me? Do I need to pull over? Can you drive without a back windshield? Like, is this dangerous? Am I about to like, like, what's about to happen to my car? Just all these thoughts going through my head. But I drove all the way to work. And I remember my buddy Royston got to work and he was like, yo, did you see all that glass on 75? Because he came from a little bit further south than I did. He's like, did you drive through all that glass on the way to on 75? And I was like, do I have a story for you? Uh, and for the last month and a half that I owned this car there was a trash bag on the back of this car because I didn't have the money to replace the windshield. And I was working too much because this was holiday hours uh, to even have time to replace the windshield. So I just got some really heavy duty trash bags, got some duct tape. And so, I mean, it sounded like a hurricane was coming through my car because I'd be driving down 75, going 75 miles an hour, wind catching the you know, the back of the uh, trash bag and it's just pop, 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 but like super, super loud in the car. Uh, And this was winter, granted in Georgia, so it's not, you know, like below zero or anything, but it's 10 degrees, 14 degrees, 5 degrees. So I'm wearing six coats to work, two pair of gloves, you know, fucking freezing because I don't have heat. I don't have a back windshield. I can't do anything. If it rained at night, and this is what I was talking about, again, bricks of ice in the bottom of my car. Couldn't do anything about it. One night, it was like 1.30 in the morning, and I was getting off of work, and I was I always parked on the top row of, uh, always per- parked on the top row of the um, parking deck. And so I am backing out, and I'm not looking, and this is why I say this is the other thing was, was like a wreck, quote unquote, because we were on a street. This is really the only thing that's ever happened that was like my fault from a from a car. The other my when my car got totaled, it was fucking the other guy's fault. Uh, but when I I was backing out and I wasn't looking because I was being stupid, wasn't paying attention, and I turned the wheel and I just hear like. And I, like, hit reverse, and I just hear, like, a crunch. And I look back, and there's a car now behind me that I have now hit. And so I pull forward, and I'm like, fuck. All right, let me see what's wrong with my car. So my door is dented in, dented in so bad that I would get into my uh my passenger side door from here on out. Additionally, my, uh, side view mirror was basically hanging by a thread. Um, it would go on to basically, I pulled it up and just wrapped up tape around it. And then that was my side view mirror for the rest of the time that I had the car. But I remember looking at this other car and being like, all right, what's wrong with this? I'm like, okay. So I just hit like kind of the side of their car and like, yeah, their their bumper's a little messed up, and there was some a little bit of glass from the because uh, uh, I think I cracked their headlight. And I was like, it's one thirty in the morning. This is where people's ethics are tested. This is where I could drive away, and no one would ever hear it, another thing of it. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, maybe there's a camera here. I guess since I work here, there's a pretty good chance they catch me. But, like, there's not even – I don't even know if the person will notice until they've driven off. Like, you know. And I go, I'm going to do the right thing. So I call the police on myself like a fucking dumbass, like very other few people would at 1.30 in the morning. Uh, One thing I do do uh, is the car was slightly askew from the parking spot and i was like this is weird so i i basically like used my body weight and like jostled the front of the car back to where it was like in line with the uh in line with the lines and i was like that looks better and so i get there and or the cop gets there and he's like you know what happened i was like i was backing out didn't see him he's like hit the car blah blah he's like all right well We'll call the um you know, the the directory in the mall. We'll get the people on the phone. Like they have a directory of everyone who works here's license plate. And since it's one thirty in the morning, it's gonna be a person that works here or someone who parked here overnight, and it's illegal to park here overnight. I was like, Okay. So they were like they called the person, couldn't get in touch with them, nothing. And I was there for like thirty, forty five minutes at this point. And I remember the cop goes like, cool, I've written everything up. He goes, I'm giving you a card with my number on it and the case number on it. I'm gonna take this card with the case number on it and I'm gonna put it on their windshield. Give us a call in a couple days. If you don't hear anything and we don't call you, don't fucking worry about it. And I was like, really? He's like, there's nothing we can do. You called it in. There's no one here to tell us that you actually did this we can't force you to pay for anything so fuck it and he was like filled everything out put it on there drove away and at this point I also hadn't driven away and I was like now wait a second I could just take this card off this dude's windshield like this cop is real fucking trusting that I'm not about to do some fuck shit like take this tag off and just You know, well, it never happened now. I guess the guy never called you. Wow, crazy. But again, this is where ethics are tested. And I have a saying, and it's this. It's always maintain the moral high ground because if nothing else, you can argue with people from the moral high ground. Even if you don't want to, do the right thing So that if someone tries to call you out on something, you can argue from a position of moral superiority. So I left the card there. And I never got called. And two weeks after that, I was told that I was being offered a full time position at Microsoft. So I went to uh, a car dealership uh, where uh, my now wife's uncle worked. Got a deal on a car. Said, yep, I work at Microsoft. Woo, fancy, right? It's like, I'm a fucking retail worker. And they're like, gave me a great rate. Got a new car. Never got called back from Microsoft, in fact. Um, Took another four and a half months before I was hired at a different store that was brand new opening. Uh, But that is, in fact, another story for another time. The end of this story is that... uh, After the windshield, after the no power steering, after the seat not being bolted into the floorboard, the no radio, the ice bricks in the bottom of the back seats because it wasn't watertight, the side view mirror being duct taped on, and a litany of other small issues, uh, it finally just quit cranking, finally just wouldn't turn on, and it sat in the road in front of my parents' house for about two weeks before I sold it to a scrapyard for the paltry sum of $300. And that was the end of my maroon slash burgundy 89 Cavalier, a short four and a half years of my car owning journey. Um, but quite easily the most adventurous one. Uh, there are some other car stories, um with the next two cars that i've owned uh with like dumb shit that happened with the cars but above and beyond everything that happened in that cavalier and i'm sure i'm forgetting some uh was just constantly the most ridiculous shit was happening to me and it was great too because i really leaned into the like i'm broke as fuck i'm driving the shittiest most garbage ass car i can and I even remember in high school saying, like, I want a shitty car because I want, like, that experience of driving, like, the piece of shit car, right? Um, and so, like, I, like, kind of romanticized driving a death trap. Uh, but it was it was a great time. It got me from point A to point B most of the time. And really, for $1,200, that's all I could ask for. So that has been, again, the tale of my Chevy Cavalier cranking in at an hour and 15 minutes. I actually thought it was going to be shorter than this, but there's quite a bit of history there. That's four and a half years of of my life surmised very shortly. So if you like what you heard, I'll ask one more time. Give us a little subscribe. Give us a little comment, if you like. Like I said, uh, you know, hit us up on uh, the fucking website. Leave a comment on the website. Why not? Let's do it sound of my own voice.com. sound of my I lied uh, but yeah I think that's gonna be it for this week's episode we got a big milestone next week we got the 10th episode hitting double digits in you know not as many weeks but you know what double digits and since I started this in quarantine and we're still in quarantine that means it's been double digit weeks and quarantine still exists and that makes my heart sad but uh, hopefully, maybe you, uh, you know, found this uh, moment of levity um, and you enjoyed listening to me regale you with tales uh, from my youth, as it were. Uh, until next week, hope you all have a wonderful week and I will be enjoying my anniversary weekend. Good night, everybody.